Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of a Clean Skate podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And we had a game-filled, you know, little three days here. They played on Thursday night, and then the Stars played a back-to-back. They did all of Eastern Canada playing the Leafs on Thursday, and then a back-to-back with the Canadians and the Senators, but I hope everyone had a happy Valentine's Day. I hope everyone, you know, shared some love, had some love in your life on uh, the last episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview as well. I I had a lot of fun doing that. And now, uh, you know, Maya's not, uh, she's begging me to come back on again. It's, it's only made her, her drive to come on more. She's, she's really pushing for the, uh, her, her hottest, NHL or how to star segment. So uh, maybe I'll put the poll out for that sometime this week. Who knows? But enough lollygagging. We have a lot of games to talk about in this episode. We will start off with game number one of the episode, the Stars versus the Leafs. The last time these two teams played, it was a 5-3 loss for the Stars. Uh, it was a really good game, though. I really enjoyed That was a really high-paced, up-tempo game. I think it surprised a lot of people with how um, exciting of a game it was. Though, to be honest, it didn't really surprise me. The Leafs don't play very good defense, so they make any team's offense look good. And the Leafs still have a very, very good offense, so they make a lot of defenses look not good. So I thought it had, you know, a lot of opportunity and chances. And you saw, you know, the... Leafs obviously open it up and win that one 5-3. So I was hoping for a little bit of a better game in this one, but, you know, keeping that same excitement from the first time these two played. This was the NHL debut for Jason Robertson. This is a brother of Leafs forward Nick Robertson, and I was actually sort of hoping that the Leafs would call up Nick Robertson so they could have both Robertson brothers have a debut against each other, but... Just Jason for the Stars was debuting in this one. Pavelski was still out of this game with that upper body injury, though. It was said that he was going to come back in the later games, and alas, he did return in the next Montreal game. In this one, however, it is Ben Bishop versus Frederick Anderson, two of the really, really strong goalies. We've actually seen quite a few good goalie duels in the last couple games we've seen and right off the hop the stars jump out to a one nothing lead just a minute 20 into the game dennis gurianov scores again the dude is red hot it's a rim around and a really good pinch by klingberg that then leads to a loose puck leading to gurianov on a partial breakaway basically from the slot in he goes backhand forehand five hole on Anderson, it just leaks through and just has just enough gas to cross the line to give the Stars a one nothing lead. It's a really tight checked first period. Uh, you know, the shots at the end of this one are only six to three at the end of the first period, so it was it was a lot tighter checking. The Stars obviously able to get that one nothing lead, but neither team having a lot of other chances outside of that one goal. But just like in the first period, early in the second period, just 24 seconds into the second period, in fact, Roddick Foxa scores his 10th of the season. It's a bunch of little small chips out of the zone. It's a chip out from 
the sideboards to the middle and then a chip out of the zone that bounces over top of the Leafs defenseman stick. That leads to Fox on a breakaway from the blue line in. He goes forehand, backhand five hole on Anderson. Two five hole goals now to give the Stars a two nothing lead. They continued to have momentum on some power plays that were unable to convert which then led to the Leafs getting a little bit of momentum with some successful kills on the Stars, and they really just started to control the cycle game and getting a lot of chances against the Stars. That leads to on the power play with 8.39 left in the second period, Austin Matthews scores his 41st power play goal of the season. They had a lot of multiple opportunities that just kept coming back to Matthews, Matthews passed it. It's a one-timer by Barry Wide. He recollects, circles back to the top. He says, you know what? I'll do it myself. And he pings it off the far side post past Bishop. Nothing he can do. It's just an absolute snipe. He's got 41 on the season for a reason. The, the dude is an, a pure sniper. The shots at the end of the second period, the score being 2-1. The shots are 17-16 for the Leafs after the second period. And, you know, following the theme of early goals, a minute 21 into the third period, Tyler Sagan on the Stars power play scores his 12th of the season. Jason Robertson is on this power play so that, you know, they're, they're giving the kid a little bit of power play time. He comes up with a secondary assist on this goal for his first NHL point in his first NHL game. He is at the point he dances into the circles. He shoots a shot pass, which is then a turned into a touch pass by Yanmark as he skates in front of Anderson and right over to Sagan, who puts it into a wide open net for at the power play goal to give the Stars the two-goal lead back. This is breaking a 17-game goalless drought for Tyler Sagan. I'm so glad he was able to get the monkey off his back. You can see, like, on the bench, he's making the motion. He's throwing the monkey off his back. That one felt good for Sagan to bury. There are a couple more chances in this third period. Mitch Marner hits the crossbar on a rush. He does like a spinorama past Johns and his rebound glances off the crossbar. Guryanov tries to go five hole again and is stopped on the breakaway by Anderson. And then the Leafs would pull back within one. Zach Hyman scores his 17th of the season with just a minute 19 left in the third period. The net is empty for the Leafs, so they have the extra man on. It is just like a thrown muffin at the net from the point by Marner. The rebound is stopped by Bishop, but then Hyman puts in the rebound. He is a nuisance in front of the net. And that is as close as the Leafs would come in this one. The Stars closed it down. They had the lead the whole time. They looked very confident. Sometimes they were scrambly. Bishop was strong. He made the saves he needed to make. And the Stars pull away with the 3-2 victory in this one. The shots are 31-19 for the Leafs. The Stars only had three shots in that third period. So, you know, I definitely don't like how much sometimes they'll they'll lean back where teams can have them on their heels, but it's nice to know that, you know, they can shut it down and defend and hold the lead in that third period like they were able to. They go one for four on the power play and one for two on the penalty kill. So decent special teams here. And you know what? One for two versus that stacked of a power play that the Leafs have. I'll take it. We then don't have too much time to rest. The boys have one day off 
and then they are in Montreal for a Saturday night. It is the first half of a back-to-back. -back. Joe Pavelski is back in, and Ben Bishop getting another start on this road trip. He is versing Carey Price in this one, and unfortunately, they had a lot of early goals in the last game. It is the Canadians who get on the board just a minute and two seconds into this game. It's Joel Armia with his 15th on the season. It's a really clean break-in by the Habs. They weren't super tight at the point. It's a pass to the middle. Domi pulls it between his legs. He gets a shot, which is a rebound, and just sort of bad luck. It pops up. It hits Armia, drops right back down, and he just taps it in. It's just an unlucky bounce on Bishop. However, the Habs are doubling the stars and chances in the first period. And Jamie Benn is stopped on a breakaway late in the first period. The Habs take a 1-0 lead into the second period. The shots after the first period in this one are 11-8 for the Habs. And then again, early in the second period, Jordan Wheel scores his sixth of the season, just 358 this time into the second period. Nick Suzuki enters the zone with speed. Esselandell is on him. He's got a good gap and then just sort of opens his blade and does a little stride deke outwards to separate himself from Lindell. He throws that puck straight to the net where Wheel is going hard to the net and it deflects in somehow, just caroms off him into the net to give the Habs a 2-0 lead. And about three minutes later then, Nick Cousin comes in on a shot missed in the offensive zone by Yanmark. It then rims all the way around the boards, two Cousins into a, all of a sudden it's a four-on-two, and Cousin just takes it the whole way. They don't even pass. It's a four-on-two, and he just shoots it himself. This is one I think Bishop would like to have back. It does glance off of the back checker stick a little bit but still Bishop it wasn't really a hard shot he was just throwing it at the net I'm guessing he was probably looking for a rebound but it goes five hole on Bishop so he Bishop hasn't been great in this one and all of a sudden the stars are down three nothing but I think the big difference is and you've seen it a lot in the recently they're just they're just the stars are a really confident team right now they they understand their abilities and they they know exactly what they can do and that their game plan works and if they just stick to it they're going to come away with this one so even though they're down three nothing they never really look panicked or their heads weren't hung over they just would get out for another shift they just do another shift they go out there and keep playing as if the score was zero zero and that's a really encouraging thing to see and you know that 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 mentality then pays off halfway through the second period matthias yanmark scores his sixth of the season it's a giveaway right to joe pavelski in the slot he gives a backdoor tap in to Yanmark. His first in 15 games, he is also breaking a slump to make this a 3-1 game for the Habs. The Stars then have multiple power plays in the second half of the second. And that leads to another power play goal by Sagan. He scores now in back-to-back -back games his 13th on the season power play goal. 4-13 left in the second period. John Klingberg just walks the line like he so often does, sucks all the forwards to him. He lays a puck over to Sagan, who just unloads a one-timer bar down past Carey Price to bring the stars within one. And now you sort of see the Habs are back on their heels. The Canadians are, are unsure. The stars are starting to roll. They're getting opportunity after opportunity. In the second period, they, the stars don't score to tie it up in the second period. But that last final minutes of that second period, the Canadians were holding on for dear life to get to intermission, and they do get to intermission, still holding on to that one 
goal lead. The shots are 21 to 19 for the Habs. After that second period, Ben Bishop is extremely strong in this third period. He had a rough first and second period, and then all of a sudden, you know, now that the boys are in it, he is locking it down. He's like, nothing more is getting past me. He's stopping everything that is thrown at him. And that comes to Blake Como scoring his eighth goal on the season. It's really good forecheck by the Stars and Cogliano on this one that causes the Canadians to give the puck away. It's then a muffin on net by Como through a screen from the half boards. Price doesn't see it. He he just sort of, that's just throwing a puck on net. Now, this is a softie that Price would want back that just beats him. He doesn't see it. And all of a sudden, just like that, the stars are tied. And the thing is, I knew even when they were down 3 nothing that they were going to come back in this one. I tweeted out after they tied it up, like something like, like, never in doubt, never panic, just stick to the plan. And like the plan will pay off. It, it was incredible to watch. Like this was a really, really just like, eye-opening game and a really good testament to what the coaching staff has done and just you know the leadership of the whole team just sort of again like they, it was very obvious like even they're down through nothing like i said they're just getting out there for another shift they're creating another chance and they know that eventually these chances are going to turn to goals and they can stop the other team from scoring like they did they, they've got bishop back there he's a rock they never doubt him and now it's a 3-3 hockey game and the canadians are in trouble they they do not know what it seems to be happening and the stars dominate in that third period the shots are 29 to 24 at the end of regulation and we head to overtime ben bishop makes just huge saves on breakaways uh, in overtime he then stops a shot that goes into the corner the puck is then rimmed around by Klingberg Sagan has already left the zone he comes in one-on-one -on -one with Victor Mete and he just pulls an absolute showstopper move out in overtime a little toe drag to the inside backhand flick past Price undressing Mete Sagan his second of the game his third goal in two games his 14th on the season the OTGWG with just 208 left in overtime. And the Stars take their second win on the road trip. The final shots in this one are 32 to 26 for the Montreal Canadiens. The Stars go one for two on the power play, and they didn't take any penalties in this one. I, you know, I'm sure there were some calls that the refs would like back, and that was actually a big part in this one. Um, the Canadian fans and coaching staff were a little unhappy with, you know, the refs. And there was some obviously uh, some frustration with players and refs on the ice there. And while like this is where one of those things where I think I can admit the Stars definitely took at least two penalties in this one. I'll give you guys. I'm not going to, you know, really give my opinion in on, you know, the refs yelling at Canadians players or whatever, because I don't really know what's said or what's going on and, or what's happening. The refs didn't do a great job. They're doing their best. It's a fast game and the stars benefited in, in this case. So, you know, I, um, I'm sure when, you know, it happens to the stars, I'll be upset and then I'll give my opinion. But until then, you know, I'll just I'll just take the two points and get out of there. Our record improves here to 34, 19 and five, just one point behind St. Louis going into the second half of the back-to-back, -back, their third and final game on the Eastern Canada road trip.
and they are one point behind St. Louis for first in the Western Conference and first in the Central Division. And to be honest, from the gap that was between the Stars and the Blues, even like no less than like a month ago, I probably didn't think the, the Stars were gonna, at least not this soon, you know, and I didn't think that the Blues would also, on the other hand, fall off as hard as they have. They've lost, I think, four games in a row now. Um, but don't quote me on that. It might be three. I just didn't think that the Stars would go, were going to be able to catch up to them in the points race this soon in the season. There was just such a gap. I thought that they would keep rolling. And, you know, the Stars would keep rolling. But there was still a decent enough gap that I didn't think they had too much to worry about. And I tweeted at our good friend and, you know, guest on the podcast. Not for this week. Maybe I'll have him on next week. But I tweeted him at him. Do you hear the footsteps? And Tom, you know, I thought, you know, he might hit back a little bit. He was definitely, he's worried as well. So it's it's nice to see that the Blues are are a little bit concerned about the, uh, you know, the stampede of stars that is coming their way. So we head in with this momentum going into the third game of the road trip. Like I said, stars facing the Ottawa Senators on Sunday. We have Anton Hudobin taking the second half of this back-to-back versus the other Anderson in Ontario. The sixth defenseman cycles in, so that means Andre Sakara comes out. Roman Polak goes in. Yay. But I am have been quite happy, on the other hand, with Stephen Johns. He has really, really impressed me since he's come back from injury. The Sens have a lot of early chances. They uh, really run the Stars show in the first five minutes of the game. And of course, just like that, the Stars have one shot on net and their second shot on net goes in 3.03 into the first period. John Klingberg scores his fourth of the season. It's a puck that's rimmed around back to the point and he throws a muffin on net that is deflects in off of, I believe it is Nikita Zaitsev as he is cruising through the front. That's just good puck luck for Klingberg and just throwing a puck at the net and you never know what could happen, especially with people going to the front of the net. The Senators would then hit back. John Gabriel Pajo scores his 22nd of the season on the power play, just 7.36 through the first period. It is Chabot on the half boards down to Kachuk at the goal line. It's a quick bang, bang, bang passing play. Kachuk into the slot. Pajot one-timer past Hudobin to tie the game at one. And then it turns into a track meet. Both teams are not playing defense. It is just chance after chance, back and forth, back and forth. And the Senators capitalize first in this track meet. Chuck gets his second point of the night, his first goal, his 18th on the season, which is a minute 50 left in the first period. It's a shot from the point that is blocked and sent wide. Duclair shoots it on net. Big save by Hudobin. He then recorrows the rebound, throws it back out in front end. The Chuck going to the net bangs in the puck into the open net. Nothing Hudobin can do on that one. He can only stop as much as the defense helps him on. I mean, this is just sort of, a, again, you know, they, the Stars had a bounce on their first goal. So now the Sens get a bounce. You know, the puck goes right to Declare. And Hudobin makes a big save and then it's thrown back in front. Nothing he can do on that one. I thought that the Sens were going to take that 2-1 lead into the first intermission, but Steven Johns has other ideas. He scores his second of the season 43 seconds later. It's a clean face-off win back to Heiskanen. D to D, 1T bomb by Johns. It goes in. I, you can't even, like, if you're watching it in real time, you don't even see the puck leave Johns stick and then enter the net. It's just 
in and out. He destroys this puck past Anderson to tie the game up at two, and we head to the first intermission tied at two, which is a lot better than what I thought they were going to get away with. The shots are 19 to 12 for the Sens after the first period, and we got four goals in the first period, you know, over 30 shots already. Uh, this was definitely going to be a fun game. Anton Hudobin start standing strong as he always does. He is strong in the beginning of the second period. Again, the Sens are coming out and getting early chances, but both goalies are able to keep the door shut and we head to the third period, a little bit more of a conservative second period, well, maybe not conservative, but just obviously less goal scoring, especially after a four goal first period. The shots at the end of two are 33 to 23 for the Sens. They are definitely out chancing the Stars and the Stars are probably don't deserve to be tied 2-2, but man, I am glad that they are. Unfortunately, halfway through the third period, Tyler Ennis scores his 14th of the season. It is a shot that is saved and just a rebound put home by Ennis. Real simple play, but the Senators have a 3-2 lead. However, again, you see the Stars just continue to press. They continue to grind. They just go out shift after shift, starting to turn the momentum back in their favor. And Jamie Alexiak almost ties this game. He gets an amazing pass by Perry. It's a great play the whole way around. Alexiak is into the corner. He lays it off for Perry and then skates around with the defenseman still chasing him. But he then gets to the front of the net before the defenseman can because he's in front of him. Perry just throws the puck to that open side of the net right as Alexiak gets there. Anderson stones him and then Alexiak fans on the open net. The puck goes wide. But the Stars stay with it, and they do eventually tie it up. Joe Pavelski has really started to heat up here as well. He scores his 13th of the season, which is 5-11 left in the third period. Heiskin enters the zone with speed. It's a drop pass for Sagan, who hits cross ice to Pavelski in the slot. He then snipes it far side, perfectly placed shot, just over the pad under the glove and the st stars are tied at three it seemed that the auto senators might be able to take another lead anthony duclair in on a breakaway he makes a great movement somehow anton hudobin dobby with the splits denies him on the goal line just an, another incredible save again our goalies are keeping us in it we can play with that mentality, knowing that our goalies are going to be there to bail us out. The shots at the end of regulation are 44 to 38 for the Senators. This was a shooting gallery for both teams at the end of regulation. And unfortunately, Artem Anisayev spoils the Stars party. He scores his 11th of the season, the OTGWG, with a minute 12 left in overtime. Gurianov looked like he was going to be able to enter the Sen zone. They break it up at their own blue line and chip it to Anisimov on the breakaway. He makes a really good move. He does a little open hip backhand up over the glove of Hudobin. And you know what? It's a breakaway. Hudobin's play just unreal in this one. Like he's still coming away with like a decent save percentage, even though he allowed four goals. That's how great he played. The Stars didn't have a single opportunity on the power play. And this one I probably agree a little bit more with, though I never agree that the refs can't find at least one penalty to give the Stars. I mean, the Sens didn't play that clean of a game. Come on. And the Senators go one for two on their power play. The Stars only managed to kill one off. But their record improves still. They still get the one point to 34, 19, and 6th. 
and they tie for first place in the West and the Central with the Blues, who also lost tonight and remain idle. So we are coming, and it's not long till we are solely thrown on that first place seat. And I know that sound effect doesn't exactly fit with what I said. Like I said, they are first in the West and Central. Well, tied for first, but it won't be too long until we've dethroned the Blues. I'm telling you, Tom, you better watch out because there's a stampede coming here in Dallas, Texas. But that is then going to take us over to the player poll. This week's choices for you guys on Twitter were between Matias Yanmark, who I surprised I hadn't done yet, and Jason Robertson, who made his NHL debut. Uh, this one was split 50-50 down the middle, so I decided to do the one that I uh, you know, could find more dirt on of the two, which would be Matthias Yanmark. So this week's player profile, Matthias Yanmark. I hope you guys enjoy and be sure to vote in next week's. Matthias Janmark, our faithful third, fourth line center, was born on December 8, 1992. He is 27 years old in Stockholm, Sweden. He is six foot one, 195 pounds, and shoots left. He began his playing career in Sweden, working his way up through the junior leagues, and in 2008, he played for the SDEHF in the third division Swedish League. In 2009-10, he moved up to play for the ALK in the Swedish Second Division League, playing for their U18 and U20 teams through 2011. The 2011-2012 season, he made his first pro debut for ALK in the Swedish Elite League. He was then passed over in the 2012 NHL entry draft. 2012-2013 season, it was his first full season in the Swedish Elite League, scoring 14 goals and 17 assists in 55 games played. At the end of the season, he was then drafted in the 2013 NHL Entry Draft, 79th overall by the Detroit Red Wings. On April 15, 2014, he was assigned to the AHL Grand Rapids team on an amateur tryout. April 8th, 2014, he made his pro debut for the AHL squad. He then signed a one-year contract with Frolunda HC in the 2014-15 season, returning to Sweden. March 1st, 2015, he was traded to Dallas with Matthias Bachman and a third-round pick in exchange for Eric Cole and a second-round pick. He was then signed a two-year entry-level deal with Dallas on April 24, 2015. He was then immediately sent to their AHL affiliate, the Texas Stars. On October 8, 2015, he made his NHL debut, scoring his first goal on his first shift in 99 seconds into the game versus Pittsburgh. He then missed his entire sophomore season with a knee injury. He came back then in 2017-2018 season, finishing with 19 goals and 15 assists for 34 points 
That following season, the 2018-19 season, he finished with six goals, 19 assists for 25 points. And then on June 6, 2019, he signed a one-year, $2.3 million contract extension with the Stars. I look forward to seeing how he does this season. He's honestly played really well. He's an amazing defensive, responsible center for us. He does a lot of penalty killing, and he's on that top power play unit. So he really is a utility knife for this team. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this player profile. That brings us to some NHL news. We've actually got a few headlines here from around the league. The first one is Zach Cassian of the Edmonton Oilers has been suspended for the second time this season, this time for seven games for kicking Eric Chernak in the chest. Um, if you see the video, Chernak hits Benning and Cassian, so about the same time, they all fall over Cassian is sort of near the bottom of the pile. Chernak's still on top of them. He's not really moving. You know how they sort of sit on each other. And Cassian sort of, you know, kicks his foot out at him. He doesn't really connect with them, but it's still a super dangerous play. And like I said, Cassian's already been suspended before. I believe this is his 10th game suspended of the season in total now. So, you know what? It's a dangerous play, and he probably deserves the seven games for that one. And more bad news for the San Jose Sharks, Eric Carlson has been ruled out for the rest of the season with a broken thumb, especially after they just gave him that really big payday in the summer. We've got another big trade happening. The Tampa Bay Lightning received Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a first round pick, which they got for JT Miller to Vancouver. Nolan Foot. So that means New Jersey has now acquired three picks in the first round in this upcoming draft, which is supposed to be stacked. The last thing is sort of not less of a straight NHL related thing, but uh, one of the news sources released a headline saying that, you know, Paul Bissonnette is now the most influential person in hockey. Dan Carcill, you know, sort of made a joke out of it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, Paul Bissonnette sort of brings up some some racist things and racist comments that Carcilla had made to him and had done back in their junior days, so, totally out of the blue. Carcilla sort of did this thing where he was like, I apologize for it, but also it's not true. He tried to backpedal and end up tripping up over himself. It's really just another messy situation. Jeremy Roenick got in on it. Like he started attacking Carcillo. He's like, oh man, now everyone's not mad at me. I better hop on this guy now. It's just, it was so weird. Twitter is, is such a crazy place. And, and then you even saw like Evander Kane on Twitter as well go on and basically, you know, call out the player safety and George Peros for discrepancies and, you know, inconsistency in their following of the rules. He went to Twitter and basically called out for a, you know, separate entity, uh, an unaffiliated entity to rule on player safety issues because he does not feel that it is being done consistently by the NHL. We've got one upcoming game. It is a Wednesday game versus the Arizona Coyotes back at home for the Stars. So, uh, not a ton of hockey, so I will hopefully have a very special guest on this next episode. And I hope you guys have enjoyed. That should do it for this one. Um, be sure to vote on the player poll and, you know, chat along with me during the game against the Coyotes this week. You can follow the podcast 
at CleanSkatePod. Be sure to follow the Hockey Podcast Network for all sorts of amazing giveaways and news on all the other podcasts and whatnot. That is at HockeyPodNet on Twitter as well. And I hope to see you soon in the next episode, you cowpoke.